Welcome to Fading Memories, a podcast with advice, wisdom, and hope from caregivers who have lived the experience and survived to tell the tale. Think of us as your caregiver best friend. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add fading memories in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. Your body is more powerful than you can imagine. Filled with life, energy, and a compelling ability for self-healing, you can take control of this power by engaging in a tapping practice. Having been documented extensively, the benefits of tapping include the ability to shift our thoughts and mood more quickly than conventional therapies. Tapping is a gentle form of soothing touch. Brainwave studies show that tapping energy affects the deep subconscious. Touch is comforting. No one knows how it works, but however it works, tapping seems to activate our body's innate self-healing intelligence and allows us to transform our lives. Case histories abound showing tremendous changes in anxieties, fears, and phobias. I think after this episode, you might actually be a convert. With me today is Teresa Levine, we are going to be talking about EFT today. And no, EFT, not electronic funds transfer, but emotional freedom technique. So thanks for joining me, Teresa. Oh, it's my pleasure. So can you explain exactly what EFT is for those of us that are more on the banking end of the world and not, <laughs> not familiar with emotional freedom technique? Sure. Um, I wasn't familiar with it for the longest time either, but um, it's it stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, and it's actually been around for decades already, and it is based in um, things that go back over 5,000 years, so it has a very, um, very strong and long history to it, um, and I am a master EFT practitioner, which means that I'm trained to the highest level of certification and practice in the technique. And um, some people know the technique as tapping. Um, That's probably what it's more commonly known as to people, but you're seeing it more and more. Um, Sometimes you'll even see people doing it like on the sidelines at football games and things. Athletes are using it. People will, you know, use it in stressful situations. There are discreet and not so discreet ways to do it. And, um, while plenty of people have never heard of it, it does have, um, you know, a very scientific background to it. So it's, it's a form of energy psychology, essentially, which means that we work with both the psychological aspects as well as the energetic forces in our bodies. And that brings a greater resolution as we work on negative things that people are feeling. So that's the big value with EFT is that, you know, we all have negative emotions as much as, you know, we are want to be positive people and feel good. If we don't acknowledge the negative things that are happening and that we're feeling in our life, we can't resolve them and, um, and actually feel genuinely positive. So what EFT allows us to do 
is to dissipate those energetic blockages in our body with the combination of talk therapy and also tapping parts of our body known as meridians. So these are the same parts of our bodies that um, someone that's doing acupressure, acupuncture, massage therapy, even like chiropractic work, all different things that you know release um, physical pain um, also have the potential to release emotional pain. So with EFT, um, you can literally tap on and release anything that you can feel. So that not only means that you can release, you know, sadness, frustration, irritability, grief, guilt, overwhelm, anxiety, and things like that, but you can also make, you know, uh, a hurt in your body feel better, like a headache, a backache, um, you know, a stiff neck. Um, people work on all different things, uh, literally. If you can feel it, you can work on it and usually get a really favorable outcome with these methods. So that's kind of a little bit about it. Awesome. So you're going to walk us through a little bit about that, correct? Yeah, I, I, I do have um, a round that I have prepared. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about the techniques that you understand what we're getting ready to do. Um, but just a little bit more, I guess, about EFT is that in the caregiving situation, which I spent some time in this past week, you know, getting ready to talk to you, speaking to some different people in that, um, because I feel like, you know, caregivers are, they're giving so much to that loved one that they're caring for in, in the state of, you know, losing their, their memory and going through dementia and Alzheimer's and all that that embodies, which is a lot. And I think that caregivers probably are very neglectful of their own self-care, not because they want to be, but because it's a really time-consuming and all-consuming job to care for somebody else. And that's one of the reasons why having EFT in your toolbox of coping mechanisms can make a huge difference because you can bust out a round of EFT, if you know what you're doing, in between like two and six minutes and feel a heck of a lot better than you did before you did that. And that's part of what I do is I teach people, I have a whole program called Becoming More Me with EFT where I teach people all the basics of that. I also do private sessions and in those, um, you know, I work with people on all different things. We do multiple tapping rounds in a 60 or a 90 minute session. But the point is when you get to the root cause of what it is that's bothering somebody, what's causing that negative feeling with EFT, it doesn't come back. Many people will spend, you know, years, decades, a ton of time in talk therapy. And while maybe they feel better after that session, usually whatever it is that they went in there for is going to rear its head again and, and come back and, and keep doing that. And it's like, until it's talked to death, pretty much, it's not at the point of not bothering them. With EFT um, and somebody who's willing to like work and get into the heart of the issue with you pretty quickly, you can resolve things way faster. And I think that that's really important from the perspective of a caregiver that's short on time to know that there are tools out there where, you know, they can A, do it from home, do it anywhere, do it virtually. Um, and, you know, because then you don't have to leave the person you're caring for and you can still, you know, put on your headphones, hop into a Zoom session with a practitioner and resolve your issues and then get on with your day feeling a lot better um, and, and continuing to help and care for that person. But I think a lot of people think that they have to shove it down or not deal with the things that are bothering them because 
people have this weird conception that if it took a really long time to develop a negative pain or problem, that it's going to take equally as long, if not longer to resolve it. And that's, um, that's a limiting belief that is untrue. You can heal and feel better literally in an instant. And that's all, I mean, energy, if we unblock energy, we can do just amazing things. And our, our bodies are just way more powerful than we realize or imagine. And we're filled with this astounding ability for self-healing. And, you know, when we understand the practice of tapping, you get to get control over that power and you get to reclaim that and really get present and clear about the things that tend to fog us and give us that emotional pain. And most of our pain comes when we are leaking our power either into the past, which I mean, a lot of caregivers, if you're caring for somebody, a loved one that you have a long history with, a parent, a spouse, um, a sibling, there may be negative things from your past that are you know, bothering you, things that maybe you can't even share with that person anymore because they don't remember or recall it, but you feel it in your energy system like it is happening right now. And that is an example of leaking your power into the past. And the problem with that is that the only place that we have any power at all is right here, right now in this moment. So when we waste our power and leak it to the past or uh, and conversely, when we leak it to the future, which is anxiety and worry and fear, then we have absolutely no power in the only place where we can right here. So EFT gets us present. And when we are present, we can be logical, we can be rational, we can be calm, we can be clear, and we can be happy and joyful because we are in the moment that we're meant to be in instead of a past or future moment that either doesn't exist anymore or we don't even know if it's going to happen. So <laughs> that's kind of the beauty of it. And it, it sounds simple, but it can be really hard for people to get present. Yeah. I've talked to a number of caregivers and I'm always a little surprised at the the volume of guilt, especially when it's a, an adult child taking care of a parent. Like I always felt, I don't, I don't want to say, I always felt like no matter what I did with my mom, it was never enough, which was an emotion growing up. And my mom was really good, even in late stage Alzheimer's, pushing that button. She knew which buttons to push to set me off, which I did not go off you know, I didn't let her push my buttons to the point where I would explode at her because I knew that that would just be super ugly. But it was amazing to me. It was like she was so much nicer to other people. And anybody that tried to help her or do things for her that she couldn't do for herself anymore, she just was ugly. It's like, this is this is like not cool, honey. It was so hard to, you know, you're, you're trying to allow them to, to do as much as they can. Cause if you take away that power, like, well, you struggled with eating last time. So I'm going to feed you like a baby this time. No, no, you got to let them try. You know, when you're in the, trying to allow their own empowerment and they're just acting like jerks, it's like, I'm done with you. You know, it's just like, it's and it insane. makes you wonder why they treat other people nicer and not you when you're literally the hand that feeds them and the one that's caring for them and everything else. And those feelings have to get acknowledged, you know, because I, I always use the analogy of, um, you know, a lot of people, they push things down or it's like, you know, if you have a, a yard full of weeds and you simply run over them with the lawnmower, what are you going to have again next week? You're still going to have a yard full of weeds, but 
if you're able to use something that allows you to uproot the weeds, then you can plant a garden, you can plant grass, you can do whatever you want with that. And those weeds are not likely that those exact weeds are not going to come back. You might get other ones. Weeds are tough. Yeah, but probably you get know, other ones. emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I know that that another really cool thing with tapping is that you can work on those things that come up on a day-to-day basis, that frustration with, you know, maybe you're caring for somebody that says the same thing a hundred times a day and it's driving you absolutely insane. And you feel like you're going to lose your mind, or maybe you're dealing with a past issue from 50 years ago with that person or something else. There's ways that you can use it to treat any of those things. So whether you need a quick fix or whether you need something really big taken care of, it's still not going to take nearly as much time as it would with traditional therapies to resolve it. And you get a resolution that is like uprooting the weed instead of just cutting it back and waiting for it to rear its head again and, you know, need more attention. It's funny because when you were describing the technique and the reasoning for it, I was like, oh, it's kind of like weeds. You got to yank it out by the roots. So I'm, I'm laughing because you're using the same analogy. <laughs> that's funny. That must be yeah, it's easy, easy one of those people can relate to. So that's, yeah, unfortunately, weeds are, weeds are unfortunately quite common. So yeah. what so, you, you talked to some caregivers in preparation for today. So what were some of the issues in general? Obviously, we don't need to spill everybody's dirt. Sure. Um, what was- I mean, obviously self-care, like we brought up and just feeling like, you know, what's that? Like who has time yeah. for self-care and, um, you know, not feeling like they could live the life that they did before. Um, obviously a lot of people in this position, you didn't choose it. It's not like anybody, you know, as a kid is like, I hope I get to grow up and take care of somebody who's losing their, their memory and, and, you know, deal All with their that. abilities. Uh, so there's sadness there's, there's those feelings of loss of the things that you are losing about that person. Um, a lot of people just said they felt like they had all these ugly emotions that they couldn't, you know, that they weren't supposed to express. They didn't feel like they had the time or the desire to allow the feelings. So they just kept fighting them so that they wouldn't come out. And I think some people felt like, you know, at least if I'm fighting, then I'm doing something and I don't have to realize how, sad or debilitating or upsetting or anything that all this is. I'm just going to just keep doing, just keep fighting, but they don't realize exactly how much that's wearing them out until they just kind of crash and burn. You know, you have that kind of adrenaline dump at some point along the line and you just realize like you need a little bit of time to recoup. Um, A lot of people felt like they were two different people. Like they were trying to live two different lives and uh, maintain, you know, very different set of things. Um, a few people felt like their spontaneity was lost. Talked to a couple of people that, you know, not that having kids is really anything like caregiving in this situation, but it's a warm up of sorts, I would say, you know, to have to care for another human on that, like, I'm totally responsible for someone level, um, but different on oh so many levels, not even going to go there, but just feeling like their spontaneity was lost. Like they were, you know, just an independent human doing their thing. And then all of a sudden here I am yeah. responsible for somebody. And all of a sudden, I, you know, I can't go for I, a bike ride. I can't, you know, do anything that I used to. I read something fantastic that compared caregiving and parenting. And it was said, when you're frustrated with your children, there's also those moments of joy because of their accomplishments. But when you are caring for somebody who is losing their memories and their ability, there are no joys because there are no accomplishments. There's only loss on loss on loss. And I was like, 
Hallelujah. One is, one is growing it's growth, it's nurturing. And it's, um, you know, there's, there's good things that are building and the other is a lot of deterioration and loss. And, you know, that can, that continued kind of sadness. So it's like, one's kind of going up and one's going down, but they're both, we're both caring, but it's totally different. Um, It makes me nuts. Absolutely want to jump through the computer monitor and just smack people when they say, you know, well, you shouldn't feel frustrated because you're having to clean up the feces that your father missed from the toilet because, you know, they didn't get frustrated when we were children. It's like, well, first off, that's probably BS. Yeah, it's not the same thing because, you know, the kid will eventually learn and stop doing that. But, you know, that not only is dad not going to get better from that, it's going to get worse. And uh, yeah, that makes it. I'm glad that some people can comfort themselves with that feeling. But I try when I see people making those kind of statements, I try to interject politely without disagreeing with them why that isn't the case for everybody. Because when I read that, it actually feels like a slap in the face. And I, my, sure my mom's does. been gone a year. It's so it's one of the reasons I don't like the Facebook caregiving pages. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so those were some of the feelings as well as some of like, I think kind of the the top contenders that you probably hear of a lot, overwhelm, fear, um, tiredness, um, you know, compassion fatigue is a thing. And I think it probably happens among most caregivers um, and loneliness, as well as yeah. just a feeling that even though they wanted to be upbeat and positive about things, that everything felt hard mm-hmm. and difficult and like a struggle. So those were kind of some of the things that people, you know, enlightened me about. And I was just so appreciative of people being willing to share and um, give me the privilege of kind of peeking into that part of their life, because, you know, I think it should be shared more, but I think a lot of people keep it to themselves or they don't want to burden other people with the details of, you know, having to clean up their father's feces or whatever else. They're like, nobody wants to hear about, you know, my parents poop or this or that, or, you know, and, you know, but they need to. You know, and in order to actually feel understood and not having people make comparisons between childcare and caring for an Alzheimer's and dementia patient, then, you know, we need more shedding the light on how that's so different and how it's so difficult. You know, it's okay that it's hard. It's not, it's not supposed to be easy. I don't think, unfortunately. Oh, it's definitely not easy. And I think the more that people understand that it's more than memory loss, it would help all of society. We, you know, we, a lot of people, and, and I was the same way for a long time. And, you know, being a Gen Xer, I did not post like all of the stuff that I was going through with my mom on social media, because that's not something that we did. I finally did start doing that. And it's been very beneficial for people. Cause I've got like a little video of where she was struggling to pull up her depends mostly cause she crossed her legs. <laughs> and she did not want me to help her. And it's not her sitting on the toilet. It's just her right. ankles down. So, I mean, it was, you know, it was PG for sure. And then a picture of the contents of her purse, which was like 98% folded up toilet paper. I mean, she would unroll about four feet and fold it up and shove it in her purse and in her dresser and, it made me nuts before the pandemic, but afterwards it's like, woman, this is like a commodity that I can't get. Stop doing this. And it's, it's just kind of ironic was, in retrospect. Well, it's so funny because I have a picture that we took probably fall of 2019, early winter. 
because she's wearing a lightweight jacket and she was being silly. And so she's got her chin on top of the, the four pack of toilet paper, her eyes are open really wide. And she just, she looks like she's being silly in the picture. And so I posted occasionally with the jokes about, you know, mom had her stash and it was just, it's, yeah, she it had the foresight fun. to know it needed to get saved. Oh gosh, drove me bananas. And, and she, you know how, well, she always had really watering one eye and I get it too. One eye just w- runs like you're crying. It's so frustrating. And, <laughs> you know, it just is. And so she, like most old ladies would have tissues shoved up her, her sleeve. It's, oh my God, this lady. Sometimes she was like a walking explosion of toilet paper. <laughs> and one and she got to the point when using the toilet because she got to the point visually where she couldn't see it it didn't exist so when you're sitting on the toilet you know we all drop the stuff inside and flush how we were that's how my mom taught me to go to the bathroom she would put the tissue in the wastebasket next to the trash can and i was just waiting for the day that i'd walk in and find really bad used toilet paper in the trash can (laughs) I, I just, I was like, I braced myself because I'm like, you know, it's going to happen. But she always had this tissue and I was always afraid that one of these days it was going to be really nasty stuff that nobody wanted to deal with. <laughs> and so I try to, you know, I try to explain to people that was normal. And like literally one Monday I was visiting and she said, oh, we were going, we always went out to the park to watch kids. And as we were leaving, she said, I need to use the bathroom. Okay. The the public bathroom in the memory care. Oh, it's right here. So I opened the door because of course you can't see the toilet with the door closed. So I'd open the door and I walked in with her and she just stood there. Well, the first, the first Monday she did, does what everybody does, but she sat on the toilet sideways. And I was like, and then she bitched that it was uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well. And so then I'm trying to get her to you know shift and she doesn't understand and I knew if I physically moved her, it would upset her. And it was like, okay, this is, this is a problem. I'm not sure how to solve it yet. The next week she sat on the toilet normally, but I had to take off her pants. And the entire time I'm doing it, I'm like, this woman is going to smack me. She's going to scratch me. Cause that's what she did. She was getting very combative. She did not want people to help her. And I'm like, you know, down there, pulling her pants down. And I'm like, oh, she's going to beat me. <laughs> it was like, not Aww. fun. So, you know, and that's very typical and they forget, they lose them, they lose whatever you want to call it, the memory or the training. They, they forget how to eat. They forget how to swallow and they'll pocket food in their, their mouth like chipmunks. And what are you supposed to do with that? You know, it's like you can't force it down their throat. It's just, I think society needs to understand so what the later half of Alzheimer's looks like because the the beginning half is a lot easier, a lot more, a lot easier to deal with than, you know, four feet of toilet paper folded up everywhere, all over the inner purse, inner clothes, inner dresser, or For sure it was For sure. That's- well, and then you try to get her to throw it away because she'd have it clutched in her hand and she would forget that it was in her hand. And then she would go to like open the door or something. And then it was like, oh, wait, I have this thing in my hand. And then that was a whole issue. It was like, <sighs> should not take 45 minutes to get out to the car. 
Oh my goodness. You know, and it never took quite that long. It's just those kind of frustrations and things that I kind of like use as a basis for putting together this round of tapping that I put together. And um, I I know you're kind of past the point of being able to use it in a live situation, but um, I will say that no matter what your situation is, what we're going to do with the tapping is going to help people to relieve anxiety and things because um, tapping is actually shown in just one round can lower our level of cortisol, which is our stress hormone by up to 43%. So I could use that. (laughs) That's awesome. Not just for stress and anxiety, but for like weight gain and all sorts of other things. So (laughs) being able to lower that by just, you know, tapping on certain parts of your body is pretty cool. Um, And while I, there's, there's many ways to do EFT, many. Um, and when I do like private and group sessions via Zoom where people can see me versus on a podcast where we're just listening, there's about 16 different meridian points that I use on the upper body and the hands and, and a bunch of different techniques and methods um, that we use to like discover and resolve issues, um, which may sound complicated, but it's actually like super simple when you're just following along with somebody on, on Zoom. But um, in a scenario like this, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do one point tapping. So everybody can just do this along with me. And um, I, I will say, if you have water nearby and you're listening and you're going to do this, drink up because energy is conducted in water. So a lot of times we have trouble releasing things as well if we're dehydrated and we haven't had something to drink. So I always tell people before an EFT session, make sure you're hydrated and ready to go because it makes things go a lot faster and we don't get stuck on things as as easily. And what we're going to do is we're going to start by, we're just going to use our chest as the point. It's called the collarbone point, but it's not actually your collarbone. So if you were to um, put your hand on your heart, like you're going to do the Pledge of allegiance and stretch your fingers out to the end, you'll find this spot in your chest. that's like a sore spot, kind of, it's literally called the sore spot. That's what you're looking for. And you can either do this with one or both hands on the sore spot on the left and right side. And what you're going to do is you're just going to dig in with like two or three fingers and, um, in a circle, and you're just going to keep doing that. And I'm going to say some phrases and, um, you know, I guess for the sake of recording, I'll probably just say them and not worry about having you repeat them back, but we'll leave a little bit of space where people can repeat back. Um, and you can say them out loud, or you can just listen to me as I say them and think them. And if what I'm saying doesn't resonate exactly with the way that you feel or what you're going through, change what you say or change what you're thinking. Um, I want you to focus on the things that are negative and problematic for you first and foremost. I tried to keep this pretty general, but you know, everybody's situation is different and specific work is for private sessions. So this is a a generalized uh, tapping round. And I will apologize in advance if I yawn or anything, and you may find yourselves yawning or even getting teary-eyed or anything else. That is all a release of negative emotion. So I always tell my clients, I'm like, this is one place where yawning is like, I'm so happy to see it. And it's not rude or inappropriate or anything else. It means the work is getting done. So um, here we go. And this is just going to be, what we're going to do is we're going to start with these circles. And then I'm going to tell you after a couple of things, we're going to start just tapping on the chest. So I'll let you know when we want to tap. And when you tap on the chest, it's that same area. Um, You can use a few fingers you can use. I'm actually, if you you were seeing me, I'm actually using all four of my fingers and my thumbs and just kind of tapping the fingertip points on my chest, almost like a light Tarzan kind of thing. You can do it as fast or slow as feels comfortable to you. And you want to do it hard enough that you feel it, but you're not beating yourself up um, so that you can kind of unblock the energy that's in there. But we're going to first start with those circles and just kind of digging into that sore spot. 
So here we go. Even though I didn't choose this role and sometimes it makes me feel like I've lost control of my own life, I choose to love, accept, and forgive myself. Even though so much that I love about the person I'm caring for is slipping away without warning and I sometimes wonder if they're even in there anymore. I want to love, accept, and forgive myself and all others involved. Even though it can be so saddening, frustrating, and even maddening that my loved one has this awful disease, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Now we're gonna start tapping on the chest. And I will say, if you have a certain level of distress and you wanna rate it on like one to 10, that can be really helpful because then we can rate it again at the end and you'll be able to have a measurement of progress that you've made. Um, so while we're tapping on the chest, we're gonna say these things. This caregiving role requires so much of me and really takes a toll on my own self-care. I feel like I'm living two different lives, maybe more, and I never seem to prioritize myself. It's always about them. I feel overwhelmed and worried most of the time. I feel like I'm always fighting and I'm constantly trying to power through. If I can just keep doing that, I don't have to face the sadness, the pain, the worry or the fear that comes with this awful situation. But with so much to manage, some days I feel like I don't do it very well. Sometimes I feel resentful and frustrated. Sometimes I feel impatient and angry and I feel guilty for feeling that way but I need to honor and accept these feelings or I'll seriously go crazy. Sometimes I feel like I'm totally losing it, like I'm losing so much of myself and my life. This is such an isolating and lonely process and there is little support for me. There's no instructions for how to do this and no one seems to realize just how hard, thankless and exhausting it all is. I'm so tired. This is not the life I imagined I'd be living right now. I had other plans for how this would go. This disease and these obligations blindsided me and changed everything so fast. I am so sad that it has come to this. It is so hard to watch my loved ones slip further away from me while I am still so bound to them through caregiving. I hate this disease and the deterioration it brings that keeps stealing my loved one's memory, joy, logic, and understanding. I don't want to feel bad for struggling with all of this. This isn't easy. I am open to seeing the lessons, joy, and gifts in my complex situation. I'm proud that I'm capable and caring enough to carry out this work. I'm going to take a moment for me to honor all these deep and painful feelings that can be so full of sadness and grief. I know they must be recognized and acknowledged before they can be released. And I'm gonna ask the universe, God, or a higher power I believe in for help, support and guidance, and be open to receiving it because I am completely deserving of it. I am open to miracles and relief as well as anything big, small, or unexpected that will help ease the work and heaviness of this role I've been called to fulfill. Giving my best each day is all I can do, even when it doesn't feel like it's good enough. I choose to feel blessed that I am able to be of service. 
I honor and appreciate myself for the major efforts, sacrifices, and life changes I make each and every day on behalf of my loved one. I am enough, they are enough, and we are enough to get through this. I will choose to find ways to take care of myself and feel good, even though the days are busy and stressful, because I know that will allow me to do a better job at being a caregiver. With an open and compassionate heart, I take responsibility for prioritizing my emotions and my self-care so that I can be rested, centered, guided, and clear. I forgive myself and everyone involved in this complicated situation, and I call my power back into my body and the present moment so that I can offer up my very best with peace, love, and clarity. I want everyone to take a really deep breath in. You can stop tapping if you want. Just really take a deep breath and just exhale out all of those negative feelings that might be lingering. Some people like to just kind of brush their arms off or just feel like they're brushing off the negativity and just reassess how you feel now that you've released a little bit of that. How did that feel for you, Jen? I actually feel a little more relaxed. And as Teresa knows, yesterday was a really horrible day. This is February 18th. And you guys will have already heard about what yesterday was like. And I do feel better. Good. I'm glad. Even some of those statements that were more directed about caregiving resonated because, you know, after living through this last year or the... Uh, as somebody put it today, the 13th consecutive month of March, 2020, <laughs> just definitely not a year or month I want to live through again. You know, it's just, you know, sometimes it's hard to, it's, it's hard to feel positive about the future because it feels like it's on hold. And I know caregivers feel that way. I felt that way. You know, it was like, well, we can't really do X because of mom or, you know, I never liked, to, we, we would go on a vacation and I, I liked to not be gone two Mondays in a row because that's the day that I would see her. And just, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of things that just, you didn't feel like you could plan ahead very much far. You couldn't, you didn't have like that light at the end of the tunnel kind of feeling because you knew what the light at the end of the tunnel was not going to be pretty. And that's kind of how the last year has felt, you know, it's been really difficult for everybody. Yeah. So I, def I definitely feel, feel better. That's interesting. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. And that's, that's just one point. And when it, it's interesting because the different meridian points on our body are related to different feelings. Like some things are more related to like moving forward in our life or to grief or guilt or things like that. So when I'm actually working with somebody on something specific, I make sure those points get incorporated. Um, EFT originated first by somebody that created really, really complicated algorithms of it and sold them for a lot of money. This was back in the like 80s and 90s. Um, Roger Callahan, when he was first working with it, um, he charged like $100,000 to get trained in the technique and then $10,000 per algorithm to solve a problem, whether that was fear of flying, a phobia, whatever it was. But people that needed the help paid it because it worked so darn well.
And then it wasn't until Gary Craig, who's known as the founder of EFT, made it basically available to the world um, and realized that, you know, the algorithm's great and it works like a charm. But if we just tap this certain combination of things, even if that's not the right point, we're still hitting all the points and we're going to release it in the process. And it made it so much more accessible and and something that, you know, everybody can use and get relief from. So, and, you know, that was, like I said, that was just one point we use on our chest. And normally we're incorporating the head and around the eyes and around the mouth and the nose and, you know, under the arms and things like that. So it's amazing that the, you know, some one point can do all that. Yeah. That was what, like three or so minutes that we did that. I'm not sure. It's probably a little bit more like five, but yeah, it it wasn't. Yeah. That was, that was a more complex round of EFT. I mean, you can do a round of EFT and literally just say over and over again while you're tapping the same thing, you know, I feel so overwhelmed. I feel so overwhelmed. I feel you just, and you can still get a great result, but you know, I was trying to hit on more things to try to release more things for more people. So, so is the technique, the, what you're basically repeating is because normally, you know, you would think somebody like, oh, you should get up and do that in the morning and tap wherever and with positive thoughts, but you're releasing all the negative things through the tapping and the talking. Yeah. Is that correct? I mean, we're, we're acknowledging the problem. We're acknowledging the negative and we're bringing it back around a bit in the end of the positive and what we're, you know, wanting to see more of, um, which is just one way to do it. But that's exactly what I teach in the becoming more me with EFT because it's, um, it's pretty, I mean, I spent hundreds of hours invested in, in learning and getting my, um, my master certification, but I've condensed it into a course that's just a few hours that people can, you know, learn everything they need to to not only help themselves with their loved ones and everything else, and really get a lot out of it and learn, you know, all about the different blockages and the different meridian points and how to set up their own rounds and everything else. It's, it's a, it's a pretty awesome tool. Well, you have an ebook that you're gonna share. Yes, you're gonna share yes, the link on the, in the. Sh- in the show notes, but go ahead and tell us. Yeah, I put together an awesome ebook for you guys, um, for for caregivers to learn about emotional freedom more, to assess your own levels of it. And now that um, you know we've taped, I will put in the um, the script for the tapping round that we did as well, so that you know if people want to do that, they can tap right along with the words that I did and say it themselves. Always more powerful when you're saying it yourself, and and have that. And that's got a lot of information in it that can be really helpful to um, you know feeling better and getting on the road to emotional freedom. So uh, that will be at, uh, it's a bit.ly link. So it is case sensitive and you don't need to put in the HTTP or anything else. You just go to um, bit.ly forward slash emotional freedom for caregivers, all lowercase. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash emotional freedom for caregivers. That ebook will be there waiting for you. I'll send it to your inbox and, um, and you'll be good to go. And um, you can start there. And if you want to learn more about any of the other programs or things, you can um, you know visit my website at www.teresalearlevine.com and all of my social media channels and things are listed there. Awesome. Well, all that's going to be linked in the show notes like usual. And this was really interesting because I had heard of tapping, but I hadn't investigated it. And I'm glad that our mutual friend, Jincy Hines, past podcast guest that for those regular listeners know Jincy. And Me she's too. Like, awesome. She's yeah, such she, a good friend. She connected of mine us. She's so great at connecting people. Yeah, she's a, she's I cannot wait to meet her in person. <laughs> 
We're, we're I'm, I'm very lucky that I did. We live across the country from each other and we've been, you know, virtual friends for years. But when she was here in DC doing stuff with her son, we actually got to meet up at the DC zoo for an afternoon and, and spend time together, which was awesome. That's fun. Well, my husband and I have always threatened to go down to Pasadena and volunteer to help decorate the Rotary International Rose Bowl Parade float, which of course didn't happen last year. Yeah. And this year, 2021, we, we had plans to go to Yosemite for Christmas 2020. We all know 2020, the year we're all going to forget. So we just rolled over that booking to this year's Christmas. And so I'm like, I don't really want to be gone on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and then be gone like the following. The dogs will kill me. <laughs> so I, went, I said Christmas or New Year's Eve 2022. Yes, that's when we're going down to Pasadena to do the floats. So <laughs> planning ahead. Got to get all these things on the calendar so that you we have that to look forward to. See, I'd forgotten that we'd planned on that. And I hope that works out. It will. Cause you know, we're, we're getting close to the end of this pandemic insanity for as much as it's ever going to be gone from our lives. And then hopefully I can see her soon. Cause you know, we're both in California, but it's about a seven hour drive to her. So I don't know, maybe she oh, wants wow. to do a weekend. Yeah, I'm in Northern California. She's in Southern California. It's almost two different states, to be to be fair. It's amazing and wonderful, though, the way that we can all be so connected without ever actually meeting each other in person these days. Yeah, I actually mentioned to my husband, I'm like, you know, you go out and, you know, he's got a friend he's actually visiting right now. They sit in his backyard, which we are able to do because this is Northern California and it's like 60 degrees. <clears throat> Sorry for the people in Texas who froze to death while we were recording this. <laughs> Um, his, his friend's got heart issues and has had some heart surgeries. So his friend doesn't like to go out much. So they go and visit. And I'm like, well, my peeps are all on the other side of a screen. So I don't have to worry about COVID problems, but it'll be very nice when we can actually get together in person. Yeah. I, I joke that I took up, you know, doing this right around the right time because all of my people that I see are all, you know, virtual on zoom and everything else. It's a very, pandemic friendly practice yes very true it's you know 2020 wasn't all bad but oh no I, I found it was very full of opportunity and a lot of silver linings so i just needed i realized recently i needed to work through stuff that i didn't work through so we're gonna we're gonna work on that maybe tapping will help <laughs> Awesome. Well, this has well, been thank fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate the opportunity and the chance to just enrich my own understanding of the caregiver's perspective. Um, even having worked with, you know, privately several people that are in this very position, um, there's always more to learn. There's always, you know, new ways to, to grow and understand all of this. And I appreciate everything that you do about, you know, shedding light on it and helping people be more educated about it. I think it's really important. Well, thank you. That is my, my goal. Be caregiver to the caregivers because... Like you said, it's it's not an easy thing to do. It's exhausting emotionally, physically. And you know, I want to be that voice that somebody can reach out and hear. Listen to the two of us at two o'clock in the morning instead of turn into a bottle or running screaming into the street, because neither one of those are gonna help. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Teresa picked out a tapping routine that was easy to describe. But if you'd like to see it in action pop on over to the youtube channel you can scroll over to the part or the tapping 
portion starts. The link to my YouTube channel is in the show notes, or you can head over to the website, Fading Memories podcast.com and there are links to pod players and youtube on each episode i hope you found her information interesting and maybe even beneficial it is always my goal to bring you as much information advice joy fun that i can bring to you via a podcast so on that note coming up next week is your favorite TikTok doctor in the house. Dr. Elena Mucci will be back and we will be discussing how to prevent dementia. Not sure why we didn't start with that one, but I have learned so much from all of her episodes and I know you are too. And she's highly popular on Instagram, so make sure you're following her there. Her link will be in the show notes. It's in the notes of all of her previous episodes. She's also got her own YouTube channel called Be Your Own Doctor. She does that with her husband, who is a pharmacist. And if that is not enough streaming and watching information, then you're just going to have to wait until I'll be back in your ears again next Tuesday. And following this, if you missed it last week, is a promo for one of my favorite independent podcasters. Hey, why don't you listen to the Never A Straight Answer podcast? It's a podcast that aims to cover a wide range of topics from conspiracy theories to popular culture and news. I'm your host, Gaz, and joined each week, it's my co-host, Mr. Taylor. Hey, we look at strange happenings that go on around your area and a little segment we like to call What's Fucked Up Where You're From? Plus, we cover the big topics like cryptids, the Mothman, Poltergeist, secret Nazi space programs, UFOs, close encounters, glitches in the Matrix, flat earth, time travel, plus so much more. We even have the occasional guest. Also, we've got international news, global affairs, including space. Space and beyond. So why not check out the Never A Straight Answer podcast? We're available on all podcast platforms from iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Or you can visit the website at neverastraightanswer.co.uk. I've been Gaz. I've been Taylor. Peace. Out.